it arrived as a vision. It reached to the heavens. And it disappeared in flames. For 14 years, the world's biggest treehouse stood in central Tennessee. It was 97 feet tall, as tall as a nine-story building. It attracted visitors from around the world. But nobody ever made a dime off of it. One man built it all by himself because God told him to. But he never had a chance to say goodbye to his towering treehouse temple. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're remembering the minister's treehouse in Crossville, Tennessee. We'll talk to the pastor Horace Burgess, the minister himself, about his creation, and we'll hear from several people who visited this lost wonder, including me. More after this. Horace Burgess built his very first treehouse back in the 1980s. It was in nine trees. It was five stories high. And I lived in it for three years. The treehouse was on his family's farmland in a town called Crossville. It's about two hours east of Nashville, Tennessee. And Horace was struggling with addiction at the time. So before long, he says the treehouse became a bad place for him. It was just evil. I mean, I were no good about it. It was... Uh, you know, just drugs and, and party all the time. And I realized that I was wasting my life and I was trying to change it. And uh, people wouldn't let me. But then he says he got a message from God. And it was simple. Destroy the treehouse. The only way that I could end that part of my life was to get rid of my past. So I uh, set my house afire. I said, you went crazy. I said, no, that's probably the most sane moment in my life, you know. But after he burned it down, he got sober, turned his life around. He turned even closer to religion, looking for a light to guide him out of the darkness. And then, perhaps inevitably, the voice came again. Horace says he was praying. Praying for everything but a treehouse. And that's when the Lord told me if I'd built him one, he'd never let me run out of material. So I did praying for everything but a treehouse. Because Horace knew that the old one had done him no good. But the Lord works in mysterious ways. And Horace quickly got down to work. He went around town warning neighbors that the world's biggest treehouse was about to be built. And one day, they'd have to be careful backing out of their driveways because of the crowds. God promised that he would never run out of materials, and he didn't. He started doing odd jobs, tearing down barns and sheds, and instead of money, Horace Burgess started taking his pay in wood and nails. He started with a simple staircase, winding higher and higher, with no clear destination. Then came the amenities, a basketball hoop, statues of the Twelve Apostles, a chapel. 
it quickly became more than a house, something almost like a campus, a little universe onto itself, floating above Crossville. Twelve years later, I put the roof on. (laughs) Twelve years he toiled, alone, like a book of the Bible. And then it was there, 97 feet tall, held together by a quarter of a million nails. As Horace predicted, the visitors did start to flock to this incredible treehouse in Crossville, including Pete Nelson. Well, as a, as a builder, I was just really intrigued by how he managed to take what were clearly just leftovers, scraps, and, and turn them into this edifice. Fellow treehouse nerds, do you recognize that voice? Pete Nelson is a professional treehouse architect who's built hundreds of them and who hosts Treehouse Masters on Animal Planet. In all seriousness, Pete is kind of the Mick Jagger of treehouses. So when he went to film an episode of his show in Crossville with Horace, it was the ultimate endorsement. And when I, when I looked at it, that first impression was like, wow, this guy is the real deal. I mean, he, he, doesn't, he, he walks the walk. Not, he doesn't just talk the talk. He does it. The reputation of Horace's treehouse grew and grew. People came from all over, first from Tennessee, then Florida, from England, from France, from Guatemala. Soon, people started asking if they could get married there. Horace, who's a pastor, officiated 23 weddings in the treehouse. But in 2012, an engineer visited the treehouse, and he noticed structural issues that he thought were concerning. So he contacted the local fire department. The state locked it down and wanted me to hire their engineers to make it safe. And I seen no way that you could make a 97-foot treehouse safe. So, <laughs> Not long after the treehouse closed in 2012, Horace sold the property. The treehouse stayed standing, but technically no one was allowed to visit. But that didn't stop me from hopping the fence back in 2016 to take a look. I can tell you, this treehouse was an absolute marvel. I have never been anywhere like it before or since. People always talk about how many floors it had, but you you couldn't really tell one floor from the other. It just kind of spiraled up past room after room, past the basketball court. Yes, the basketball court. Until you were at the very tippy top of the tower, staring out across Tennessee. Somehow, the place felt both organic, like climbing an actual tree, and incredibly artistic, some kind of strange, otherworldly masterpiece. Like elves came out of the woods to to make this incredible structure. But don't just take it from me. I wasn't the only one who hopped the fence. We got in touch with a few others who went to see this treehouse. This is Lily Hyatt, a musician. I've been in a lot of different kinds of churches and stuff, and I've never quite felt that way that I felt in the treehouse. It felt very loving. And another really, like, crazy thing about it was just, it was kind of, there were all these twists and turns and little staircases you could go around. It seemed like never-ending. And this is Lindsay Turner. She's a graphic designer. Oh, yeah, it was massive. I I didn't really... Pictures cannot do it justice 
in the sense that like you you cannot understand until you did it what it was like to be up on a, a an upper level and like look down and see the other levels below you through the wide cracks between the floorboards and it was just sort of surreal thinking like this doesn't seem safe but it also felt at the same time surprisingly like stable i don't know i felt very comforted by the inspiration of it all and that's why i didn't feel too guilty about the trespassing because i was just like you know he built this because he wanted people to see it and feel inspired by it i actually would like love to to live in a tree house that's kind of my dream <laughs> but then just like that the tree house was gone no one knows what happened october 22nd 2019 was a clear night in crossville There was no electricity running in the treehouse, and yet fire consumed it anyway. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Horace wasn't actually that upset when he heard. I mean, heck, this wasn't the first time one of his treehouses had been burned to the ground. Plus, he'd sold the property years earlier. He says he never missed the house itself and all of the responsibilities that came along with it. But he misses something else about it. The people who came. Well, you know, you you don't know how anything touches another person as you meet them in life, you know, until something tragic happens or, you know, or, or reality sets in or something. But uh, it's just been story after story of uh, how people was blessed when they visited the treehouse, you know, and that kind of thing, and um, how it affected their life, you know, for, for the better. Lily Hyatt never met Horace, but she proves his point. The coolest part of the treehouse is just realizing how compelled, like, humans can be by a higher calling is pretty, like, awe-inspiring to me. So that was one of my favorite parts. Like, the treehouse is incredible. But then just thinking of, like, Horace's journey and experience creating that is really special. It's the kind of place that long after disappearing will never totally be gone. There will always be a shadow over Crossville. Not of a giant treehouse exactly, but of what someone can do simply because they've been touched with a bit of divine inspiration. It's a huge loss in such a strange uh, place that, you know, will now be the stuff of legend. This story was reported and the interviews were conducted by the masterful Matt Taub. Thank you to Horace Burgess, Pete Nelson, Lindsay Turner, and Lily Hyatt for talking with us today. This podcast is a co-production of Alice Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, me, Dylan Thuris, Sarah Wyman, John Delore, and Peter Clowney. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world.
Witness Docs from Stitcher.